Basically, Nash started developing inflated kites in about 1998. We started making inflated kites with the AR35 and then the four-line AR5. That was basically in 1999 for the 2000 season, and it was the birth of basically a new sport. I went around Europe kiting during Windsurf World Cups and having people look at me wondering what the heck I was doing. So basically, we've got boards and kites from 1999 all the way through every year until today. So we'll get out there and play around with the entire evolution of the sport. So the cool thing about kiting is how much it's changed in such a short period of time. You guys were there from the very beginning almost, and like my first gear is from 98, 99, and it's only 2013, but if you look at the evolution of the gear, it's insane. And luckily I've kept every single board that I've ever had in kiting. I made the mistake in windsurfing of not doing that and I always wish that I had. So kiting, I've got everything. So we can grab a bunch of old gear and take it out and test it and kind of see how it's changed over the years and see how crazy it used to be. But we just grab some of the old stuff and kind of lay out the history of the sport and go ride it. So we weren't sure which direction was forward, but good thing for us, Robbie rode it down on the board. So now we know. <laughs> We're good to go. If you look at the board design, it's funny because it, it's kind of gone full circle several times. Like in the very beginning, I was riding surfboards. I took an 810 longboard, put some foot straps in it, and that was my very first kiteboard. We got a chance to ride these old kites that I rode back in the day and the kites that I started on, and it was so cool to get those things back out and see how they actually work. If you look at where the sport started, we basically took a piece of aluminum tubing about that long, put some kitchen knobs on it for winders, and they were two-line kites. So we had these two lines, not color-coded, so you never knew which side was going where, and you'd always connect them wrong, and no depower. Two-line kites made the power of the size of the kite you had, and that was it. So then we moved on from the two-line kites with the AR-5 and developed four-line kites with D-Power. So we had what was the chicken loop that connected to the front uh, lines of the kite, and you could hook into that, sheet in and sheet out, but 
to basically get away from the kite, you had to sheet in and fully power to unhook. That brings us to what we've got today, which is below the bar trim, a very easy, meeting the European norm, very light, quick release, a lot safer. Not only do you have a lot more deep power in your trim line, but you've got a very easy to get to push away system so that getting away from your kite in an emergency situation is a lot easier. Things have come a long, long way in control systems in a short period of time. Well, you get a little nervous when you bring out the old gear and let people have a go. You know, it's it's fragile. Some been around a long time. Some of the boards aren't you know that strong because they're not made for jumping and stuff. So I was a little nervous with Kevin. He's good enough and smart enough and meticulous enough that I wasn't really worried. If I told him be careful, don't break that board, I knew he wasn't going to. I wouldn't just turn it loose to any old kiter to go have a go on because it'd probably come back all broken and that would suck because it's pretty special old gear. One of the first kites I took out was an AR 3.5, which was the first four-line production kite on the market. And it was such a big step from having no deep power to all of a sudden having deep power. And it made kiting so much easier because you could actually, if the wind would pick up a couple knots, you could just deep power the kite. But still, that thing had so much power. We were sitting on the beach here trying to change the kite, like Sean was trying to give the, the kite to me because I was wearing these boots and it was just a mission. We had to take like four guys to, to actually unhook it from Sean's harness and put it into my harness. Some of the old gear was just, I don't know what they were trying to do to accomplish that, you know, back in the days, but I think it was all about trying to boost as high as you could, which some of them did, but not really. I expected to go a little higher on some kites, but it's so hard to edge and because they move so slow, it's almost impossible to jump them really high. It's crazy to see on the kites we ride now. Oh my God, it's like day and night difference. It doesn't even come close to what we rode 12, 13, 14 years ago. It was so dangerous. You take that two-line kite, the amount of power that it made, the situations that you could get yourself into, it was rad. It was super, super extreme. And if you compare that to what we've got today and the evolution, you know, there were steps that were taken slow and then some big steps in the safety. range of the kites, the amount of deep power that the kites now have, the quick release safety systems, everything about it has made it so that normal people rather than just extreme athletes can get into kiting and do so pretty easily and relatively safely. Where in the past, no way. You know, if you weren't a 
full-blown athlete or crazy, you didn't want to try it. Your God said it's gonna make a lot of children laugh because now that you're ready.